Hello and welcome back to... I honestly don't know what. This could be an episode of Trennis Magnus Punches Reality, or it could be another helping of Trennis Magnus Jabs Reality. I honestly haven't decided yet, but basically what I want to do in this episode, or this helping of whatever this is going to be, Basically, what I want to do is talk a little bit about the DCEU. And specifically, what I want to talk about is what I would do with the DCEU given the chance. Now, I want to be careful in, in how I say all of this just because of the fact that this is the internet and so we seem to want to deal only in absolutes. I don't know why. But let it be said that at the time that I record all of this there have been exactly three DCEU movies and those are Man of Steel Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad now I enjoy those movies don't get me wrong I I dig them they work for me on various levels they may not be perfectly done as movies but then again show me a movie that is perfectly done. There just aren't very many of those, right? So I don't want this to sound as though I'm criticizing what we've gotten because for the most part, guys, I really do enjoy the movies that we've gotten so far. I think they're really good. And I think in a great many cases, they've taken an unfair beating from people who, for whatever reason, have an agenda to not like them, you know? So... I don't want this to sound as though I'm crying sour grapes. And at the same time, I also don't want it to sound like I'm bashing on or criticizing the people who don't enjoy these movies. Because if, you know what, guys, if you don't enjoy it, you don't enjoy it. You know, that's fine. So I, what I'm saying is I don't want this to be thought of as a referendum on anything. You know, this is not a reaction to something. I just want to talk about the DCEU that I would like to make if... I were given the chance or for that matter I don't even think I'd, I'd even really want to be involved in filmmaking in any way these are the DCEU movies that I would want to see if I had absolute control over reality which I don't but if I did the DCEU that I personally would like to see basically at least to start with it might look a little something something like this I'm gonna talk about a couple of different characters here first Superman. And this is the easy one, at least for me. Superman should be an iconic, aspirational figure. And to me, Superman isn't a guy that we should strive to relate to. You know? He's a character to whom we should aspire. On a personal level, I just don't want to watch Clark Kent struggle with his career. I want to see Superman save the world. You know? And my view of who this guy is, or at least who he ought to be, hasn't ever really been done in live action, or animation, or arguably even comics. Superman fundamentally is not like us. Superman can see everything, hear everything. Nothing escapes his attention. Superman's unique among superheroes in as much as his powers define his consciousness. He sees things in a way that 
no Kryptonian ever has before. Also in a way that no human ever has before. So Superman isn't human. And strictly speaking, he isn't really Kryptonian either. His powers have irrevocably altered his sensory perceptions. His sensory perceptions have irrevocably altered his consciousness. And his consciousness has irrevocably altered him as a person. And so as a result, he isn't human. And he isn't Kryptonian. He is Superman. The way he sees himself is as a helper. Sort of a guide. Superman uses his Superman identity, which is to say the public persona, as a visible means to inspire others to do good. As a public persona, Superman is a call to action. If you see wrong being perpetrated upon others, you must act to save them. If you see some thug snatch an old woman's purse, don't wait for the police to do everything. Get involved yourself. Do what you can to help her. Superman arrests bank robbers. He fights Metallo. He turns back alien invasions. All that shit gets done publicly and openly as Superman so that mankind has a model to emulate. You will give the people of Earth an ideal to strive towards. They will race behind you. They will stumble. They will fall. But in time, they will join you in the sun count. In time, you will help them accomplish wonders. Superman continues using Clark Kent as a disguise to fight the battles in the trenches. Superman uses his public identity, which is to say Superman, to call mankind to action. But Superman uses Clark Kent for very different purposes. Superman uses Clark Kent as a call to social change. There are certain everyday wrongs that need to be righted, and it really isn't Superman's business to change those things himself. So instead, he uses Clark Kent to inspire others to improve the world on a social, political, technological, and just also other levels. Clark Kent can't duke it out with Lex Luthor's battle robots or something, but he can write hard-hitting columns for the Daily Planet calling for meaningful and attainable reforms. But that stuff is all Superman, and frankly, that's not where I'd start. Basically, where I'd start this whole shebang off is with a series of movies that aren't even really Superman movies. They're young Superboy movies. We start off with this kid when he's about 12 or 13. And so he's trained his powers his whole life. Ever since he could walk, Jonathan and Martha have been making him learn and practice with his abilities. So he makes his debut as Superboy at about the age of 12 or 13. And he has all sorts of adventures, too. He makes enemies with Lex Luthor. He develops a crush on Lana Lang. He battles aliens in outer space. And he even has an adventure or three with the Legion of Superheroes. But through it all, this isn't something that Superboy's truly committed to. In his mind, this is something more like what he does on the side. Now, I, would, I wouldn't go so far as to, as to call Superboy just a, a good time rock and roller, because he's not. But 
At the same time, he hasn't assigned himself this as his life's mission. As Clark, he has to pretend to be less than he is, but he's still rather enamored of his life as Clark, and he sees that as his big priority. Superboy is just stuff that he does on weekends or as needed. He has a sense of responsibility, but he hasn't assigned this to himself as his life's mission. But that changes with the death of the Kents. That's the moment when Superboy becomes Superman. Superboy's a kid who enjoys using his powers to help people, but he sees himself almost as a volunteer instead of someone who's chosen a life of public service for himself. It's only with the death of the Kents that he realizes that he's settled for less. And then he decides that it's time to commit. I see this character's journey through life really as a series of transformations. Simply by entering our solar system, he undergoes his first major transformation. He sees more and in better detail than anybody ever has before. He hears more. He is more. Simply by arriving on Earth, he becomes Superboy. Upon the death of the Kents, though, like I say, he becomes Superman. But the day's coming when he's going to transform into something even more than Superman. But that's in the future. In the short term, I'd want at least one young Superboy movie, or a series of movies, that shows Superboy growing into Superman. And what, what I'd make sure to emphasize is in these Superboy movies is that Superboy's presence on Earth is changing the nature of reality. The world's going from a complex, shades of gray type of reality to something a little bit more simple and black and white. Hell, even the laws of physics are starting to change. And that's important to set up early on. As to Superman, I'd want to keep the franchise going for as long as possible. So I'd make references or maybe foreshadow what might be in store in Superman's future while avoiding it for as long as possible. To me, Metropolis is the city of tomorrow. The buildings are impossibly tall and impossibly shiny. So imagine mile after mile of downtown Manhattan, about 50 stories taller, made up mostly of glass. That's Metropolis. Now, as to Batman, Superman's an inspirational, idealistic type of figure. And so Batman's almost a cautionary tale by comparison. Batman's origin has been covered, I think, pretty adequately in live action. And, you know, hell, come to that, I don't think anybody is ever going to improve upon Zack Snyder's depiction of the Wayne murders. So, basically, Batman's motivation is well known and well understood by most people, and I truly don't think I'd bother re-establishing that in my own personal DCEU. Instead, I'd get right down to business by establishing Batman as a, at least to start with, a sort of Frank Millery, Bob Caney, early Golden age type of gritty urban commando, at least in the first movie or two or three. And so he fights mobsters and street gangs and people like that. And 
then eventually the costumed supervillains come along. But what's crucial in all of this is that he adopts Dick Grayson. And this is the moment when Batman stops trying to solve all the problems with his fists. Instead, he starts playing 3D chess. He adopts Dick first to prevent Dick from having to go through the same hardship that he'd went through himself. Dick won't be primarily motivated by vengeance, the way Batman is. Instead, Dick's thing is going to be justice. Dick is going to be fundamentally better adjusted than Bruce was as a kid. But, apart from helping Dick, in adopting Robin, Batman's also going to be helping himself. He sees that Dick can go either way after losing his parents. There's a very good chance that Dick's going to turn to crime later in life, and then Batman's going to have to take him out. Adopting Dick prevents that from happening, but on top of that, a sidekick is going to allow Batman to use Robin as an extra set of hands to do research, or fight street gangs, or, or what have you. Dick becoming Robin will be accompanied by the same change in tone that's occurring over in the Superman movies. Batman's going to shift from being a driven, vengeful loner into something that's just a little bit more of a lighter tone. The Joker isn't going to be a killer anymore, and the supervillains are going to just be overall less bloodthirsty. And the thing is, you could stretch this transition out over three or four movies, or even more, easily. Superman's presence on Earth is changing things for the better. The problems the world's facing are becoming less ugly and hopeless all the time. As a result, Batman's becoming less dark and vengeful. And so where I'd ultimately want to take the character and his tone is something a little bit more along the lines of the Bronze Age or maybe Batman the Animated Series. Those stories aren't really dark as such. They're really poorly lit, but they're not dark. At least, if you define that word to mean people getting chopped up by the Joker or something like that. Now, as to Gotham City, I kind of enjoy the dilapidated Art Deco look from Batman the Animated Series with those police, those police blimps cruising around. So, odds are, I'd probably, I'd probably want to stick with that. As to the Flash, honestly, the Flash TV show isn't perfect. But it gets so much right that it seems almost redundant to try improving upon it. But one thing I'd want to do is set Barry up as a relatively responsible guy, while Wally's maybe a little bit more of a ne'er-do-well. I mean, he's got the same basic powers as Barry, but he's not necessarily as self-disciplined. Barry's a fun-loving guy, but he takes his job seriously. And the way I'd like to see it done is that maybe Wally is a little bit more inclined to clown around a little bit, you know? Also, one thing I'd want to do is set Keystone City, set that up as kind of a kinder, gentler alternative to Gotham City. Keystone City is a place where shit works. The buildings are art deco-y, but they're not as beat up and run down as Gotham City. Then you get into Wonder Woman. Diana's from a race of Amazon warriors who are keenly aware of man's world and are perfectly happy to live in isolation from it. 
They haven't had diplomatic relations with man's world since... Shit, I don't know, pick a time. The French Revolution. And even back then, relations were pretty fucking limited. However, Superman's changing all of it. The Amazons see that the world truly is improving, that things are getting better, and they're curious about it. So Diana's mission is reconnaissance as much as, di as, much as diplomacy. There are factions within Themyscira who would love to lay waste to the entire world simply to spare creation of mankind's wickedness. And there are other factions who think it may finally be possible to have contact with the outside world. And there are going to be tons of other agendas going on there as well. Diana's assignment is to serve as liaison between Themyscira and Man's World. And so I'd want her arc to be an Amazon hardliner who kinda sorta sympathizes with the hawkish factions of Themyscirian society. You know, those who want to blow the shit out of everybody. But her own experiences with mankind are going to show her that man's world isn't what she was led to believe her entire life. There's goodness here. It's maybe best exemplified by Superman, but even the commoners show a lot of promising signs. The Amazons cut themselves off from the outside world before the fall of Rome. So I'd use a lot of Greco-Roman architecture for Themyscira, you know, very Mediterranean. Apart from how different it looks from Gotham City, Metropolis, and Keystone City, that type of architecture, to me, indicates that the Amazons remember their history with man's world. And it wasn't all bad. The arc that I'd want to take Diana through is that she heads to Man's World believing that they have a lot to learn from Themyscira, only to discover that Themyscira maybe has a lot to learn from Man's World. Ultimately, Wonder Woman's going to be a superhero in Man's World since that's an easy way for her to demonstrate that Themyscira isn't a threat, while she also positions herself as an agent of change in Themyscira. In Diana's mind, it'll be fine for Themyscira to stay segregated from Man's World, but they shouldn't be isolated from it. On a sort of universal level, I'd want a tone and style for my DCEU that avoids a lot of the basic problems and conflicts of superheroes living in the real world. And just the shit that that would cause. So, because, guys, let's face it, police investigators are not taking orders from a man dressed up in a rubber bat costume. That's just not happening. But they will in my DCEU because Batman's just that awesome. Or he here's another one. In the real world, someone driving a tank through a city to blow the shit out of everything, that'd be a pretty unusual event. But in my DCEU, the sight of Lex Luthor, the renegade scientist, cruising around in a giant purple tank through downtown Metropolis to rob a bank? Guys, that's Tuesday. The idea is to capture the science fairy tale style of the Silver and Bronze Age comics where the challenges facing society aren't with hostile nuclear states or rogue terrorist nations. They're more simplified than all that. Society's heading in an overall positive direction and the challenges come from street crime costumed supervillains, alien invasions, and shit like that. 
Things like white-collar crime or political corruption or international espionage, those things are unheard of. But someone might try mugging you on the way home from work, so the Flash or Batman swoop into action and they save the day. So, in my opinion, DC's at its best when it strives to be a more moralistic alternate reality as opposed to the, to the world outside your front door. That's what I want from these movies, you know? That's something that hasn't been done in live action. Hell, it hasn't really even been done in the comics in decades, but it, I don't think it's ever really been done in live action before. It's a tone and style utterly separate from Marvel, and it's, I don't know, it, it, this kind of light approach, I think it allows for fun movies that nevertheless have real stakes to them, you know? And ultimately, that's what I'd want to see in a live-action DC universe. Which is probably never going to happen, because guys, nobody in his right mind is going to entrust me with something like this, but nevertheless, that's what I'd want to see. So, there you go. So, like I say, I'm not really sure what form this is all going to take. You know, is it going to be... Is it going to be uh, an episode of Trinus Magnus Punches Reality, or is it going to be an episode of Trinus Magnus Jabs Reality? I don't really know, but I just wanted to throw all this out there and see what comes back to me. And that's pretty much that.